Hello and welcome. You are listening to an episode of the Sales Chat Show. To stream or download a host of further free episodes that will power your sales success, please visit saleschatshow.com. We really hope that you enjoy and benefit from this episode. Hello folks and welcome to another episode from the Sales Chat Show, saleschatshow.com, driving your sales forward. Here we are again, the three musketeers, Mr. Phil Jesson, Graham Jones and I am Simon Hazeldean. And in this episode, we are talking about the thorny subject of how to present your price to your customer. Ooh, talking price, when the <laughs> rubber hits the road in the sales process, that that moment of discomfort when you actually tell the customer how much it is going to cost them. I am going to pass over to Mr. Jesson, who is going to take the lead in our conversation. Phil. Thank you very much. Remind me to have what you just had for lunch next time. That's very good. Um, I'm going to suggest that when we talk about presenting price, the very word price is a negative word, as is cost, as is fee, as is daily rate. All of those words convey next to no tailoring at all, or indeed pain. So I think some better words around this issue of language are things like this product is valued at dot dot dot, or for only dot dot dot, or in some cases, uh, maybe the more major spend, uh, for an investment of £100,000 or $100,000. So I think language is an important part of this, uh, as is the pre-handling of it. Okay. What I mean by that is that if we have listeners here today where they are undoubtedly the most expensive in their particular uh, field, there's no getting away from that, uh, there is an argument that says, well, pre-handle it and be proud of it. And there's nothing wrong with saying to a prospect, maybe, uh, I should just explain that uh, the products I'm about to talk about today are around about 20% more expensive than anything else that you'll look at. Uh, But if price is your only issue, uh, then we better talk about that now. So maybe being loud and proud around price and pre-handling it is also an important issue. And also that is preconditioning the customer's expectation of what what the likely ballpark figure is to use to use a, perhaps an overused expression because I'm sure we will have people listening in who are priced at a higher rate than their competition. In fact, yeah. I'm there must be one but I'm not aware of any market leading company you know, number one in their marketplace that's usually the cheapest in their marketplace. So mm. there's something kind of interesting there as well yeah. about what the customer's association of price versus quality is, perhaps. Yeah. So, so something that we could we could think of around I, that. I think I think as a as a general rule it's about being loud and proud about it rather than talking quietly or not at all about it. Yeah, because there is a sense, I think, with lots of salespeople I work with, that this is the uncomfortable moment when they're actually going to start talking about how much it's going to cost the customer. And there's almost like a, almost feels like they're apologising for introducing the subject of a price, you know, because, 
you know, we're, I suppose we're expecting the inevitable price pushback from the customer, which sometimes doesn't come, particularly if you've done what Phil's yeah. suggesting and how you talk about it, and I think how you how you pre pre handle it. And and Graham, you you had some thoughts. We were just talking about this session before we recorded it, just some of the things we wanted to make sure we covered. And you had some thoughts around sort of conditioning your price with the customer. Yeah, I think it's really important that you get your customer in the right frame of mind for the kind of price that they are going to inevitably find out from you. And it, I th- the point you make about people being fearful about mentioning the price, you shouldn't really be fearful about it because the reason they're a customer is because they are going to spend money. Yes. So it's not really an issue. Um, but our instinctive fear comes out that we're going to get an objection to price. We're only going to get an objection to price if they're in a price-sensitive market. And actually, most people are not price-sensitive. So if they are price-sensitive, you'll probably know that in advance. So actually, you can then condition them to the fact that you work with people who are also price-sensitive. So they know that you are to- they are talking about the same kind of thing. So if you're not in the price-sensitive market, which most people are, talk about the kind of people who you've done business with before. So they can see that, you know, you can mention testimonials from people who they know in the marketplace are the people who are going to be paying top dollar, as it were. So they already know that you're going to be at the expensive end of things. Mm. You haven't mentioned a price, but you've got their mind thinking about that kind of area, that they know what kind of price to expect, that you are going to be you know, high cost. Uh, but I think there's another thing about the way you present the prices to people, because most sales pitches are going to have either slides or printouts of information. And there's lots of research on the typography of price, the way you uh, put prices up. And I constantly see, particularly retailers, make lots of mistakes. So, for example, uh, you go into a a retailer and you'll see a a sign saying, you know, was £25 in nice big letters. And then in bigger letters, it will say now £17.99. And the problem is that if you put the £17.99 in bigger type, than the £25, instantly our subconscious brain goes, that must be more expensive because it's bigger. Mm-hmm. So it's bigger type, it <clears throat> must be more. And so as a result, things like in your slides, if you're talking about price, if you're talking about the costs that are going to take place, if you want them to think it's lower price, use a smaller typeface for that bit of information. If you want them to think it's higher price, use a slightly bigger typeface because we're influencing how they position it. It's conditioning them to realise that this is going to be bigger than they expect or it's going to be smaller than they expect. So different ways of playing with typography. Taking off the sign, the currency sign, really important way because as soon as you put the currency sign on, their mind is thinking of budgets, of numbers. But if you just give them the number, They've got another step to take to translate that. Is that dollars? Is it pounds? Is it euros? So actually they just look at the number then. They're not worried about what currency it's in. As soon as you give them the currency, they start putting objections in the way. So take the currency sign off. Or plenty of research showing that when the currency sign is not there, people are more likely to buy. Interesting. interesting. So those kind of things in the slides and in your in your printout that you're going to give to people, use typography very carefully and actually the price issue doesn't become an issue because you've already conditioned them into thinking in the right direction for you. So those are some quite subtle, subtle sort of influences, yeah. I suppose, on, on how the price is 
how the price is perceived yeah. perceived by the customer. I think I think what I would throw in very strongly is you should be selling the value of what you are bringing to the customer strongly first before then moving on to price. My only caveat is I do think you need to do some preconditioning early to find out what sort of what a sort of price uh, tolerance you have with this customer. They understand how much you're going to be from a budgetary point of view. Yeah. But I think that preconditions them in sort of a certain amount. But I think before we talk about specifics, we should talk about value delivery first. What's our value proposition based on your needs and requirements and the problems you have? The problems are costing you this much money. The solution is going to cost you this to deliver that value. This is, I think, is a critical thing. Value first, then how much is it going to cost? Because if you can do a good job of that, you can put a fairly robust, depending on how much data you've got, or a very, very robust return on investment argument to the customer. Then there is absolutely no problem. So for every £10,000 that the customer spends, they get £100,000 of upside or $100,000 of upside. It's a bit of a no-brainer, in inverted commas, decision for them for them to make it's not expensive it's a it's a it's a fee that they need to pay to unlock to absolutely unlock the unlock the benefit so you know if you're going in cold on your price what is that related to? what is that related to by showing a contrast to the value delivery versus price um, is usually uh, usually a far more effective way. So now, what about some 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 techniques for for presenting price or positioning price, etc. with with customers? Phil, you had one to to offer here. Yes, I um, I'd like to talk about the price sandwich, as it is called. Um, that takes the price now reworded more positively, and surrounds it with benefits. So rather than me saying. The training course costs £5,000. If I put that into a price sandwich, uh, I'm now going to say something like, well, included in this is the research, the preparation, all of the course materials, and for an investment of £5,000, you also get access to the downloads on the website and a follow-up visit three months later. So I haven't taken the price out. I haven't talked about it quietly. I have simply surrounded it with Benefits. With benefits and value. Exactly. And another technique um, is what's called the split, where you take the price, now reworded, let's call it £5,000 once again, and if the £5,000 equates essentially to £20 a day over a year, and if there are 10 salespeople in the team, then my training course isn't £5,000, it's £2 per person. Per day, and, and yeah, you'll often see this in sort of um, direct mail advertising, yeah. direct response, yeah. where they'll they'll make it equivalent to say for your subscription is less than a coffee a day. It's to, it's to I've split. had that direct mail. You've got the same one. <laughs> but, but you're right on that observation. It, it's to split the price down yeah. to a ridiculously insignificant amount, like the cost of a cup of coffee or a newspaper, as you say. Perfect, perfect. And um, we have mentioned a few examples as we've been going through, you know, 5,000 and 10,000. It's probably just worth saying that um, to particularly to experienced negotiators, round numbers are sort of begging to be negotiated. Yeah. They appear less defensible 
as a pricing point. So, you know, 17,977 euros, you know, 1,000 euros seems far more defensible than, say, 18,000 euros. So it yeah. is worth thinking about how you, how you position it uh, the defensibility. It comes back to the con- also, you know, how do you present the price? So if you say, you know, it's 199 pounds kind of thing for the item that you're selling, yeah, the last thing they see is a nine. So people go, well, it's not 200. Well, that's not the case because actually what happens is people go, they round it up in their minds. So they still see it as a round figure of 200. So you need a number that doesn't easily get rounded up. Odd numbers, our brain, strangely, rounds up a nine but every other odd number it rounds down to the next number below it which is why you often see if you ask people you know what's what's the nearest number to 197 pounds they'll say you know 196 because it's rounding it down yeah but if you say what's 199 it will round it up so when you so why you see a lot of prices now that end in a seven the problem is that seven is also something that people go, well, that's so common now that they're playing a trick on me. So you need to end in a different number. So if you end in a three, yeah, people will round it down to a two. And if you're pricing it, so you could now, instead of being 193, actually be 203, yeah, and they'll round it down to 202, and you're getting more money than if you charge 199. Interesting. Uh, I, I like that technique. So next time I get on the scales to find that I'm 14 You round stone. it down. <laughs> 14 stones, 7 pounds. I'm actually 14 stones. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, just round it down. I like yeah. that. Yeah. Proud, proud exponents of positive thinking yep. here at the, at the South Chester. And also make your numbers go down. So if, if your number is, you know, 4, 5, 6, people perceive it going up. So if your number is 4, 3, 1... Yeah, make the number go down. Make your number go down, and people feel the number reducing in their mind. Fantastic. So presenting that's really important. Okay, some nice little numerical tips there. And I'm really interested in your thoughts, guys, on this one. I've heard two schools of thought about about when you say a price. If you if you verbally state a price, or maybe even if you show it on a on a slide as part of a meeting. One school of thought says, state your price and then ask the customer a question as a way of saying, I'll use round numbers for the sake of its simplicity, (laughs) is 10,000 pounds, how many people would you be envisaging attending the the seminar, for example? Or you say, that's 10,000 pounds, and then you go silent. And the idea is it's the old adage in sales of, you know, the next person to to speak is... uh, is the person who kind of in inverted commas I heard it as losing years ago, but yeah. uh, and I'm sure that's very customer friendly language. But I'm just interested in, your, kind of interested in your thoughts. Well, I w- I would always base that upon the kind of person I'm dealing with, and presumably I've done lots of active listening, I've understood them, and so on, and you'll be able to identify whether the person you're dealing with is a kind of action oriented person, or whether the person is a thoughtful person. Mm. So if it's an action oriented, you want the it's ten thousand pounds what's the next step immediately or if they're a thoughtful person it's somebody who's had lots of silences while you're talking to them that's when you give them the opportunity to think about that price and let them think about it so that's when you stop dead so I think it depends on who you're dealing with I don't think there's a right or wrong answer it's not a catch-all answer not a catch-all answer but I think whichever way round you do it and, and with all of this 
I think you have to have confidence in the price you are going to charge. And if you have been charging that price with other customers, you should say that price with with confidence. Um, and I think maybe also it shouldn't come as a shock. Yes. So, for uh, example, um, in, in our case as uh, consultants and trainers, uh, we know what our fee rates uh, are. Um, probably somewhere in our introduction to who we are and what we do, we might give a clue that we're yeah. a four-figure a day consultancy, we're not a three-figure a day consultancy. Mm. Um, and that, again, is all part of the conditioning that Graham mentioned earlier, isn't it? It sort yeah. of gets people in the right ballpark so they know roughly what's coming. But it is about the confidence. You, know, you go to buy your Lamborghini, as you did, yeah? <laughs> But uh, I don't expect the Lamborghini salesman says to you, when you say, well, how much is this? The, the salesman goes, well, um, it's, how do I put this? It's, uh, of course, it's, it's 250,000, yeah? Uh, it goes, it's 250,000. And your option is take it or leave it at that point. They're very confident in saying their price. Uh, but if you go to you know some other people who are not confident in saying their price, they go well, yeah, it, it's a hundred pounds, and they are asking you a question. They're 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 so lacking in confidence, they they're turning the price into a question, and you immediately will go, well, I'll give you fifty for it, and they go, all right then, yeah, because they've they're not confident in saying their price. You've got to be confident in your price. Say it. Just encourage everyone who's listening to Sales Chat Show, just you know. Focus for a few moments on the value you bring to yeah. your customers, the value you've brought to your existing customers, the customers who do repeat business with you. It's because they value what you are doing for them. And you just need to remember that from time to time. Particularly, we cannot blame a buyer from asking for a discount. Hey, look, that's what we do when we're buyers. Buy. You sometimes automatically ask for a discount because if you don't ask, you don't get. But that's very different than they don't perceive the value you are bringing and of course if you have been saying it's this much and nobody has been pushing back with any vigor then maybe you need to put your price up it's always is always another thought because if your customers are accepting the price that you are saying um, without question most of the time then maybe they see more value in it than the price you're charging just a yeah. just a kind of a thing to think about and please remember people are nowhere near as logical as we as we kind of think they are you know price is a is a can be a complicated topic from a psychological point of view um, and however having confidence in your price I think and stating it with confidence and being convinced of the value you bring will will maximize your um, your profit margins without shadow shadow of a doubt any closing thoughts gentlemen only that I was uh, driving along the other day and went past a hotel where they have one of these banners on the railings telling me loud and proud that I can have three courses and half a bottle of wine for a very miserably low sum. And I looked at that and thought, that just cannot be value, that is desperation. Yes. Uh, yeah. So I think you're right, it's about being loud, proud, confident about the value of what we do. Um, and don't discount it to the point where it just conveys the opposite. Absolutely. It's a trick though, that, because they're only giving you the bottom half of the bottle of wine. So you've got to have drunk the top half to get to that bottom half. And I'm afraid the top half is £100, sir. And are you trying to say that by the time you've had the first half, you won't be too fussed about what the bottom half 
is, <laughs> is going to be the total, the total bill at the end. So folks, be confident about your pricing and you know, focus on the value you're bringing to your customers. So good luck with all your pricing conversations and pricing presentations. So it's been Graham Jones, Phil Jesson and Simon Hazeldean here for saleschatshow.com. Lots more episodes on the saleschatshow.com website. And also at that website, you'll be able to uh, sign up for our sales chat show newsletter if you want to be emailed and updated every time a new episode is launched live uh, feel feel free to do that we don't obviously spam or sell your email address we just use it to let you know when another episode from the sales chat show is available so thank you very much for listening good luck and good selling have been listening to an episode of the sales chat show to stream or download a host of further free episodes that will power your sales success please visit saleschatshow.com thank you very much for listening to this episode and from everyone here at the sales chat show we'd like to wish you good luck and good selling (laughs) 